We are in the series. We're, we're talking about thriving at Christmas. And we're, we're looking at the story in Luke chapter two. We don't know all the details of what that night was like for those shepherds in particular. Uh, th there's plenty to know, but you got to kind of wonder, what did they do with the sheep? What did they do? You know, what were some of those de details? How did all this kind of work out? We got a video kind of funny, kind of makes us think about maybe what happened that night. Let's watch this together. Wait, 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 wait. Someone has to watch the sheep. What are you talking about? Someone has to watch the sheep. They're sheep, okay? They, they eat, they poop, they sleep. They'll be fine, let's go. That is the same thing that you said when you wanted to go see the Mutton and Sons concert and we saw it and we lost half our flock. We Angel lost half Sam! Angels, they just popped out of the sky and instead of sprinting to Bethlehem, you're all like, no, we, we gotta take care of the sheep. What about their abandonment issues? Hey guys, I'm gonna race you. Okay, last one there is the stinky loincloth. Let's go! Look, okay, the angels are there, okay? That, that's what they do. That's why we call them guarding angels. No, 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 it's guardian angels, guardian. Tomato, tomato, who cares? Why are we still standing here? Someone needs to watch the sheep. You know it, I know it, and the sheep know it. Sheep don't feel. You can't prove that. Fine, there's only one way to solve this. Rock parchment shears, loser stays with the sheep. Rock, Rock parchment shears, shoot! Rock parchment shears, shoot! Rock parchment shears, shoot! Today, today, in the town of David, a savior will be born unto you. Right. Why did the angel say that? Why did the angel tell a bunch of lowly shepherds about the coming of the Messiah? I mean, why us? I don't know why us, but they did. So maybe, maybe this Messiah didn't just come for, for people that matter. Maybe he came Maybe he came for people like us. He absolutely did. He came for real people who need real hope in a real world. He came and he, he brought salvation. And that night, the good news came and it has changed the world. And we celebrate that during this season. And, and I warned you last week to be very careful about the expectations that you walk into this Christmas season where there's so many things that you can't control, but there's much that you can you know, the, the distance between what, what is real and what your expectations are, that distance is frustration. And, and the frustration that you're feeling now, uh, that, that is because what you expect to happen versus what's really happening, it, it's frustrating to you. Listen, there's a lot of things you're not going to be able to control in this season, but what you can control is the way you're approaching Christmas, the way you respond to the ultimate gift that has ever been given. And that's what we're gonna talk about this morning is how important our response to Christmas is. You know, I love watching children. They're, they're hilarious in the Christmas season when they're, when they're getting their gifts because you never really know how they're gonna respond, you know? They, they might be very excited or they, they may be like that kid in the Christmas story. You guys know that movie, The Christmas Story? Remember Ralphie? Remember when his aunt gave him that bunny outfit and he had to wear it downstairs in front of other people? Poor Ralphie, right? 
Bless his heart. Your Aunt Ruth gave that to you. You go put it on right now. He was never so happy as when his dad looked at him and said, you look ridiculous. Take it off, right? But you never know how kids are going to respond. That's why parents give kids pep talks. Parents, have you ever given your kids a pep talk before Christmas party? I don't care what they give you. You better like it. And if you can drum up a tear, I'll give you five bucks. You got to give them that. I love the fact that, that I, don't, I, don't have to, I don't have to talk up the gift that has been given to us in Christ. All I have to do is explain how awesome it is. This gift from God is truly amazing. Jesus Christ is amazing. And, and those who respond rightly to him, well, they thrive. Thriving people are those who are responsive at Christmas. Now, let's remember what thriving is. I know some of you are like, oh my goodness, are we going to do this again? Yes, because some of you haven't memorized it yet. So let's help in that process. Let's read this out loud together. What is thriving? Thriving is having the confidence to be intimate with God and the contentment to obey God's commands while trusting outcomes to God's capable care. Friends, only thriving people respond rightly at Christmas. And those who respond rightly at Christmas are thriving people. Our text today teaches us how to do it, how we are to respond rightly. If you've got your Bible, and I hope that you do, let's go now to Luke chapter 2. And Kennedy is going to come and read for us. Come on up, Kennedy. Let's all stand together in honor of God's word. Again, we're in Luke chapter 2. And uh, she is going to read for us verses 15 through 20. Can you go ahead and read that for us? When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem to see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the thing that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. Amen. Amen. Well done, Kennedy. If you would, go ahead and be seated and pray now for the preaching of God's word. So an angel and then a host of angels showed up. To, to speak to these shepherds and they responded. Now, first of all, they freaked out and well, they should because when you see an angel of the Lord, it's terrifying because God is terrifying and those who represent him are terrifying. And the message that he brought was an amazing message, a message of good news. And then there was this host. Now, the, the word host there is it's usually linked to an army. A host would be an army. So when a host of angels showed up, it wasn't a bunch of babies in diapers with wings circling around. It was, it was an army of angels who were crying out praise to God. This was a terrifying and profound moment. And once they departed, once they realized, okay, got the message, they, they then responded. The shepherds responded. They didn't, they didn't go hide the information. They didn't just sit down and say, man, that was weird. No, they were, they, there was a response. There was something that they knew they had to do. And, and their response and Mary's response, it tells us something of how we, who are going to thrive, thriving people, how we are to respond at Christmas. There's four things I would encourage you to write down and to remember. And the first one is this, at Christmas, thriving people respond by expecting to see God. 
expecting to see God. These shepherds believed the message that had been told to them. And so look in verse 15, look what they did. Look what they said. Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened. Notice what they didn't say. Notice they didn't say, let us go and see if this thing has happened. They believed that this thing had happened. And so they immediately, they wanted to go. They wanted to see. Remember what the angel said? Uh, we, we talked about this last week. Euangelizo. Euangelizo. This is, this is a, a call. I've got, I have good news. This is what in the ancient Near East, when, whenever a monarch wanted to send a message of tidings to his people, especially the, the birth to a monarch, a, a coming king, they would send messengers throughout all the cities. And this messenger would begin, Euangelizo, Euangelizo, I bring you good news. I give you good news. A king has come. And that's the message that they heard that night that the king of glory had come, the promised Messiah had come, and they believed. Friends, Christians are not people who believe in general. Christians are people who believe a specific truth. These guys didn't believe in general about God based on the gospel message they had heard. They believed something specific. Never forget that the, the devils of hell, they believe in God and shudder, but that doesn't make them saved. To, to believe is to, is to act on that belief. It's to do something with that belief. It's to believe something specific. When, when we talk about what we believe, when we talk about the gospel, I love the, the picture that we use to describe the gospel with three circles. Notice what the three components of it are. And, and if you're not, again, if you're not familiar with this, you might want to write it down and remember. The, the gospel, there's really three parts to it. The first, you'll notice it's an arrow going down. That tells us that the gospel is the good news that God came to us. We could not get to him, so God came down to us. And then you see the cross. And what does the cross tell us? The cross tells us that our sin has been paid for in full. That Jesus Christ has died to pay the penalty for our sin. And the arrow going up, what does that tell us? But that Jesus has been raised. That death could not hold him. He's been raised again. And now he is the king of glory. And everyone who repents and believes the gospel, believes this very specific thing, there will be a transformation because our hearts will be changed. To be saved is to be given a new heart, a pure heart. And that is so important because of what Jesus said in Matthew 5, 8. Listen to this. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Only the pure in heart will see God. And the only way to be made pure in heart is to repent and believe the gospel, to believe that God has come, died to pay for your sins, been raised to live in you and to give you a new heart and to give you a new life. If you have never received a pure heart, today would be a good day to do that. The shepherds believed the angel and because they believed, look at verse 16. They went with haste. They went with haste. There was some intensity to their step. It wasn't like, oh man, can we stop by Starbucks first? I know it's like a line for two hours. And then can we stop by Chick-fil-A? And I know that's going to be a three-hour line. But can we, can, we, can we run a few errands before we go and see what the angels... No! There was intensity to it. There, there, there was this passion. They went with haste. I understand when you hear the word of God, when God speaks to you clearly through his word, do not delay. 
Delay leads to doubt. If you delay in your obedience to God, when God has clearly spoken, when his word is clear to you, you will doubt. Here's, what it, here's how it goes. Well, you know, I just need to, I need to think about it a little more. I need to see how I feel about it after a few days. That, that time, as you delay, it's going to lead to doubt. Never delay. Take to heart Hebrews 3.15. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. Don't be like the Israelites who didn't obey God as soon as God spoke. Don't be like those who had to wander for 40 years because they would not be faithful. Instead, remember what God has done. He who was rich became poor, that, that we might become rich in the things that matter. We talked about this last week, 2 Corinthians 8, 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. Rich not in worldly things, rich in eternal things, things that matter. Friends, it is right, right now, to repent and believe. To believe and respond rightly. Those there at the birth of Christ were able to see God in the flesh. Look at verse 16. They found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And what a privilege it must have been to see God in the flesh. Well, we know that, that Christ has come, that he died and that he was raised. He's now at the right hand of God. And we know that the Holy Spirit has come. John 14 through 16, those, those chapters tell us of the promise of the helper, the Holy Spirit who would come and has come. And now God in spirit is at work. And so we don't, we don't see God, but we do see the hand of God. We see God at work in the world. One of the great blessings of my life as, as the pastor of Living Hope is that I get to see the work of God in so many ways. And I wish, oh, if I had time to tell you about what's happening overseas with our partners in Africa and in Europe and in Asia. If I could tell you about the way that, that churches are being planted. If I could tell you some of the stories of, of, of the miracles of God that are happening. And not only there, but here. To hear the stories of what's happening in our counseling center, in our pregnancy center, and, and what's happening through Hope House and what's happening through the ministries of this church as we care and love one another. Oh, if I could tell you about the men I talked to this week who, who shared how God is, is working in their midst as they are, as they are having accountability and, and truthful conversations about what's really going on. Friends, God is at work. God is at work for those who believe. For those who believe and who are responsive to the gift of Christ, we see because we expect to see because of the, the truth of God's word. We see God work. Thriving people respond to Christianity by expecting to see God work. The second thing, once we see it, there's something that happens. At Christmas, thriving people respond by testifying about their experiences. Testifying about their experiences. Look at verse 17. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. Those, those shepherds shared what they had seen and heard. They went and told Joseph and Mary, and you can imagine what that was like. First, you know, they, as they go through it, first there was this angel, terrifying, told us what has happened. And then a whole army of these massive, these unbelievably powerful angels are, are, are telling us and praising God. And don't you know, that Mary and Joseph 
were, were probably mindful of their own angelic experiences. Isn't it amazing when someone tells you about something that's happened in their spiritual life that is, is, that is akin to maybe something that's happened in your spiritual life? When, when you hear something or you, or you experience something, when you share it and someone else knows, oh my goodness, you can imagine Mary hearing about this angel thinking, I remember that angel told me that I, though a virgin, would give birth to the Son of God. And you can imagine Joseph's thoughts going, oh yeah, I remember I was going to divorce Mary. But, but God, through his angel, told me not to because he told me the miracle that was coming. And so th there's something beautiful and powerful that happens when God's people, when we testify to one another. When we share life, when we speak to what's going on. And there's something powerful that happens when we testify to others. Friends, make sure that you can give testimony of your own faith. We talk about it here at Living Hope about having a three-part testimony. Everyone who is genuinely saved has a three-part testimony. You can talk about what your life was like before Christ. You can talk about how you came to experience the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you can talk about what God is doing in your life right now. This morning, it was, it was such a sweet joy. I, I was out uh, meeting guests at, at the end of the service and uh, a little girl walked up to me and she said, Pastor Jason, I have something to tell you. I said, well, what is it, sweet girl? She said, I've been saved. I've been saved and I'm gonna be baptized. I said, well, tell me the story. What was your life like before Jesus? And she kind of looked at me and she said, well, I don't wanna say. So well, I understand, we don't like to talk about those parts. I said, well, how were you saved? She said, well, it was, in the, it was at night and I just couldn't sleep and I was afraid because I knew I'd sinned and I asked Jesus to forgive me. So I told, I told my mom the next morning and she said, I, I'm ready to be baptized. Isn't that wonderful? A, a small child testifying to the power of the work of God. We all who believe have that testimony. And we're to share that testimony, not only of how we came to saving faith, but how we're growing in Christ. Remember the three circles. It's not only so that we can share with lost people. It's so we can share with one another. When, when you see the three circles, remember God's design, God's design is what we pursue and recover once we believe the gospel. Now, some of you are saying, now, what do all those symbols mean? You should know by now. And, and if you're new to this, you, you, you get a couple of weeks, but Life on Mission is the app, that's the cheat sheet. And so if you need that, go ahead and get it. But when you are saved, you repent and believe the gospel that enables you to pursue and recover God's design. That's not the end, because the closer you get to God's heart and the more of God's heart that's in you, the more you're gonna be bothered and convicted about sin that's still at work in your flesh. And you're going to repent of that, not for salvation, but for sanctification. And you're going to love Jesus more. And you're going to want to pursue him more. And the more you pursue him, the more his heart is there. And, and the more you've got to repent and the more you've got to grow. And it's a, it's a cycle that continues all your life. And friends, that's what we testify to one another. We testify to the work that Christ has done. And we testify to the work that Christ is doing. You, you have this glorious opportunity where you are. Where you, where you live, where you work, where you play, to, to share this. This week, it was uncanny. I had three different men in three different circumstances asking me how they could share with people that have a, a, a very different worldview other than Christianity. I said, oh man, what a great opportunity. I pray for those opportunities. See, every human being is asking four questions. You've heard me say this. They're asking four questions. Who am I? What went wrong? Who can fix it? 
What's my hope? And everybody answers those four questions. It's why you got out of bed today. It's why you go to work every day. It's why you do what you do. You have answers to those questions. As Christians, we know the answers to those questions are the outline of the Bible. We know that the Bible is, is a single story in four parts. Say out loud, what are the four parts? Creation. The first question, who am I? Creation says that you are a, an image bearer of God. You have been made in the image of God and you are loved by God. Second question, what went wrong? We sinned, the fall. The reason why there's sickness and the reason why there's pain is not because God messed up, but because we did. Who can fix it? Christ alone. He is the rescuer. He will rescue us from sin. He will give us new life. He will see us through all that we have to go through in this life. And we will all travel through the valley of the shadow of death. But the good news and our ultimate hope is the restoration. Here's the good news for Christians. This world is not our home. Amen. We are passing through. This is as bad as it gets. And so we live, we live with this hope. Now, everyone you know, is also answering those four questions. And if they're not Christians, they're answering them wrong. Some are saying, who am I? I'm an accident. What went wrong? I don't know, I'm just miserable. I, 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 need, I, need, more, I need more stuff. Who can fix it? Government or somebody, more stuff. What's my hope? That I die with more stuff than everybody else. That's the American way. Friends, that's no way to live. The, the way, the truth, and the life is in Jesus Christ. And he has come that, that we now who have been saved, who, who now can see God with a pure heart, expect to see God in our lives. Now we get to testify. And when we testify, there's something that happens not only in us, but around us is people get to marvel. And that's the, that's the third thing I would encourage you to write down and remember. At Christmas, thriving people respond by marveling at God's miracles. Marveling. Those who heard the shepherd's story, they wondered at what the shepherds told them. Look at verse 19. What was Mary doing? Meanwhile, Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. You know, this time of year, we, we marvel. I, I love coming by the church at night and seeing our, our Christmas trees. And, and I marvel at, at how cool they are. I love driving through the neighborhoods. And I love finding the, you know, the, the, the Griswolds of the neighborhood, right? And, and, and thinking about all the work they, and just, and just enjoy and marveling at all that work. You know, children marvel at their Christmas gifts. I don't, I don't know if you put Christmas gifts under the tree. I remember when I was a kid, there would be gifts under the tree and, and I would find my one with my name on it. You know, I'm shaking, I'm marveling, I'm thinking about it. I'm praying it's not socks, right? And he's just like, not socks, come on, something cool, right? And then, and then Christmas music. And, and, and some of you are crazy and you know who you are. Halloween's over at midnight. What do you do? You start with the Christmas music. Bugging everybody, get the Christmas tree out. It's November 1st, woo! Why? Because you marvel at it. You marvel at the sights. You marvel at the sounds. It's, it's something that you wonder at. And that's what was happening here. You know, one of the key themes of, of the Gospel of Luke is wonderment. As a matter of fact, if you look up, if you have the ESV app, you know, you can do a quick search of wonder or awe or amazement or treasure. And, and you'll see throughout the, the gospel of Luke, there's this constant theme of wonderment. And, and what we see are the people at the shepherd stories, they wondered what the shepherds told them. They wondered about it. They were amazed at it. And Mary was marveling. 
But look how she marveled. Look at verse 19. This is very, very important. Something I want to press, press on a little bit here. She treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. Mary marveled at one of the great miracles of the Bible. Friends, the Bible is filled with great miracles of God. And we need to marvel at them and we need to meditate on them and we need to memorize them. Friends, are you memorizing scripture? Friends, you, you are incompetent in spiritual warfare if you have not memorized scripture. It says in, in Psalm 19, Psalm 119, verse 11, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Having the word of God hidden in your heart and mind is a defense, it's a tool, it's a weapon. We are at war. Do you know how to use your weapon? Do you have your weapon stored in your heart, ready to come out? More than that, we must, we must be like the blessed man of Psalm 1. It says in Psalm 1, 2, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law he meditates day and night. Mom and dad, you need to help your children memorize scripture. And one of the best ways you can do that is, is with scripture songs. There are songs, you can go on Spotify and you can download scripture songs that will teach your children scripture to a melody so that they can remember it. You know, this year I've been using an app. Uh, it's called the, the, the Fighterverse app. I don't know if you've ever heard of this before. It's a simple app. And what it does is it, is it gives you a, a verse or a few verses to memorize every single week. And, and what I like about it is it becomes your lock screen. And so every time I turn on my phone this week, it's Psalm 141. And, and I haven't fully memorized it because I'm a slacker. But here's what it says. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Who, wouldn't, who couldn't have used that one this week? Stop throwing elbows and stop pointing fingers. I see those out there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's spiritual warfare. But see, if, you, if you've got the word of God, you know how to use, it's a sword, it's a weapon. Friends, we've got to memorize God's word. We've got to meditate on God's word. Remember what Jesus did when he was fighting the devil? Matthew chapter four, the devil showed up. Look at uh, verse two. What did Jesus say? It is written. What did he say? Look at verse seven. Again, it is written. And then I, I, I love verse 10. Boy, you better get out of here for it is written. And I know what some of you are thinking. Well, he's God. He's God. But don't forget Luke 152. He grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Yes, he's completely God, but he was clothed in humanity, which means he had to think and to learn and to grow just like us. That means he had to take the time to memorize and meditate on scripture. And that's what thriving people do. Is that, is that we, we marvel at what God is doing. We marvel. That's what Mary and, and those who heard the story of the shepherds did. And then the shepherds, what, what did they do after all this, this great news? There's a, there's a rhythm here that we need to catch. There's a rhythm here. Write it down and then let me talk to you about it. At Christmas, thriving people respond by returning to honor God. Where did they return to? Look in verse 20. And the shepherds return glorifying, praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. They went back home. They went back to impact their homes, their neighbors, and every generation with the hope of Jesus. They went to fulfill the mission of God. They went back and they were telling what had happened. They, they, had, they had sought God. They, they went to see him. 
They, they testified to it. They marveled at it. And now they, they were going back. They were going back to tell all that God had done. Friends, it's so easy to think that everyone knows the gospel. Some of you sitting here right now, you, you, you have an idea, but some of you, you, if I'm honest with you, you don't know. You don't get it. Pastor Steve and I, uh, last week when we were praying, we were talking about how few people really know the gospel. Lots of people know religion. We have lots of religious people in our churches, but do we have gospel people? Uh, let me explain. Religion is spelled with two letters, D-O, do. The gospel is spelled with four letters, done, D-O-N-E. See, a lot of people think that, that what I'm supposed to do is, is, is please God so I can get what I want. See, here's the thought of some of you even here this morning. All right, God, I went to church. I should not get fired this week. All right, God, I gave some money. No cancer for me this year. You know it. You know it. I gave some money. All right, God, you know I would love to smack him. But I didn't, so you owe me, God. You owe me. I, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. That's religion. Christianity, Christianity spelled D-O-N-E. Friends, what, what did Jesus say right before he died? What were the last words out of Jesus' mouth? Say it out loud. It is it's finished. It's done. Everything that is needed for our salvation is done. Everything for us to be made right with God is done. And our job now is to gather and then return. Gather to celebrate, to meditate, to encourage, to testify, and then return to go and share what God has done. To honor him. Friends, are you honoring God? Are you really honoring him? When you go home, when you, when you go to school, when you go to work? Or are you doing what they did to John Knox? You know John Knox? You need to know John Knox. John Knox is one of the great heroes of the Christian faith. He was a significant leader during the Protestant Reformation. He stood for the word of God. His desire was that every Scotland, Scotland uh, citizen would know and have access to the word of God. He had a passion for God. And he loved Scotland and he loved his church. And so he requested to be buried at St. Giles Cathedral. And so if you were to go there now, you would find his grave. And if you asked him, is John Knox important? They would say, oh yeah, he's important. Well, where is he buried? Can I show you where he's buried? Look at this. Parking spot 23. Parking spot 23. If you asked him, is John Knox buried on your property? Sure is. Where is he? Oh, parking spot 23. I wonder how many of us today have put Jesus Christ in parking spot 23 of our life. I wonder how many of us say, oh yeah, I know Jesus. Jesus is in my life. Really, where is he? Oh, he's in parking spot 23. I don't talk about him. I, I, I put him aside put him out back. I mean, he's there though. He's there. I have him. Friends, Christ the Lord has come. He has bought your sin. He's defeated death. 
Do you honor him? You say, well, how can I know? Here's how you know. Here's how you know what you really honor. When you can talk about anything you want, what you talk about is what you honor. Do you talk about celebrities and sports, movies? What, what do you talk about when you're not required to talk about anything? What, what's the last thought before you go to bed? What is your prayer for your life? What is the thing that you dream of and that you speak to God about and say, oh God, please do this. Is it to know Christ more and to make him known? Is it to experience more fully the goodness and the power of Christ? Or is it to get more stuff, to be more comfortable, to be more cool, to be more whatever? Friends, what you think about and what you talk about and what you pray about, that's what you honor. Friends, do you honor Christ? Now, I know some of you, you cannot because he's not your Lord. You've not trusted him for salvation. And I know that there are some here today who would say, oh, I have trusted Christ. Yes, he's in my life. But if you're honest, he's in parking spot 23 this morning. And maybe there needs to be a change in your priority. Maybe there needs to be some repentance in your heart and a renewal to commit yourself to respond rightly at Christmas. Let's stand together and as we do, I'm gonna ask our, our spiritual leaders to come forward who are happy to give care to you today. Today, if you come and you're here now and you don't know Christ, they're here to talk to you about that. If you need to be baptized, they're here to talk to you about that. If you just wanna come and pray, the Lord hears your prayer. Let me pray for you now, let's pray. Father God, I thank you for Christ and for what he brings to our lives. And I ask God for some who are here today who, who maybe are nice people, religious people, but they're not saved people, that today would be the day of salvation, that they would come and talk with one of these leaders and, and that they would gain assurance of their salvation. Father, I pray for your, your people that are genuinely saved, that today, Lord, that they would acknowledge a need in their in their heart and mind to repent because they've not honored you. They don't see you. They don't testify. They don't marvel. They don't return to their, their homes and neighbors to talk about you. It's Father, they're just not responding right. And I pray today there would be a repentance and a renewal and that there would be many who would just come get on their knees and say, Father, forgive me. Christ is my all and I'm gonna make it known. I'm gonna make known what he has done and who he is in my life. And Father, many of us need help. So many need help dealing with mental and emotional challenges, spiritual warfare. Lord, some are sick and they need you, God, to bring healing. God, hear them as they come to get on their knees before you this morning and to seek your blessing. Oh God, bless living hope. Bless us who are living hope. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen.